Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Box Office Bets, betting on the Oscars. I'm Brian Ortega. We have Tom Cunningham with us as our normal spot. Hello, Tom. How was your weekend? It was good. Uh, a lot of movies. I think the movie theater, I think the people that work there are starting to get a little weirded out. They keep seeing me, and it's just me. Like, I'm not there with, like, right, friends of course. or fans. It's just me. So, yeah. Uh, but, no, doing well. A lot of screenings. Uh, how about you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I actually haven't made it to the movies this weekend because we have a kind of a lot of stuff going on in Vegas. We have uh, two hotels opening like within a week of each other. I went to That's both right. of those. So that was cool. But I think I'm going to get to Wonka, which I think I was reminded by you that it's out. It is. And, out. Uh, quick, quick thoughts. What do you think of Wonka? Uh, way better than I thought. Not as good as the first held its own. And I would argue was one of the better movies uh, of the year. I'm big on creativity, Brian, and I know it's based off an adapted, you know, character already. Right. Um, but it was uh, really its own project, it felt like. And it, it was really, really fun to watch. So I recommend it. Go check it out. For sure. I mean, even if it's adapted, like uh, the one with uh, Johnny Depp, I was not a mm-hmm. fan of. But the yeah, one I didn't with like Gene Wilder, I was. So you can't always get it right. It's pretty hard. And I will say, I also saw The Iron Claw. Um, I'm so jealous of that. So if you want to be depressed for 90 straight minutes, that's that's, oh, where, that's what you do. So yeah, well, see, it's I was great depressed. Movie, <laughs> I was depressed for uh, three and a half hours when I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. So great if movie. I could do that, I could do the uh, the Iron Claw. So uh, today <laughs> we are going to be talking about something that is much less depressing, and that is the critically acclaimed box office titan that is Barbie, uh, yes. Greta Gerwig's adaption of the doll i suppose uh kind of unique which we'll talk about later about whether it's an adapted or an original screenplay which we'll talk about the debate later but this is the margot robbie ryan gosling film really margot robbie to be honest but uh, definitely a scene stealer is uh ryan gosling so um just quick recap for everybody to know barbie is sort of a fantasy uh sort of a fantasy comedy a little bit of drama thrown in there and uh it really peppers you with a couple like social sort of issues, but sort of dressed up in this wonderful Barbie world, which uh, is actually really great. So I actually really enjoyed Barbie when I saw it. I have seen it twice because the first time I saw it was during Barbenheimer, where I was still thinking about the (laughs) atomic bomb that was just dropped literally and figuratively by uh, Christopher Nolan. I'm stunned you didn't wear your Barbieheimer shirt. Uh, I was actually looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, I totally should have did it. It's okay. Maybe we'll do it another time, like, you know, when... It doesn't make sense. But anyways, uh, that's an awesome shirt. But uh, (laughs) no, it was a great experience when I went to go see Barbie. Uh, I actually was thinking about it driving today, how awesome it was that that happened. I remember being at the movies and seeing just whole rows of women just dressed up in this sort of Barbie getup. And I thought it was awesome because even though if you may not like the color of pink, you may not like, you know, this, but it's it's good for movies (laughs) that women in droves are going back to the movies. So what'd you think of the movie? Yeah, I go back to the, I go to the marketing point of this. Um, and you on your wonderful podcast that you do in Vegas, you went to different bars and got Barbie drinks that they were serving at these Vegas bars. And they were really cool, uh, visually stunning drinks, but they helped market the movie. And it was just one of literally thousands throughout the country. And Mm -hmm. I I think the marketing for this smart movie was superb and the movie held its own by me it's gonna get a best picture nomination we'll get into all that a little bit um it's gonna it's a heavyweight quite frankly and the marketing i think put people back in the theaters and that's something that the academy 
is, I think, really eyeing what movies got people to go to the theaters. And I would argue, even with Oppenheimer, Barbie did that better than any movie. Now, I'm not saying Barbie's better than Oppenheimer, but I think Barbie did as good of a job as any movie getting people to the movie theaters this year. So I think the Academy will commend them for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's one thing that the Academy uh, or will move the movie industry in general has been missing where their film has entered the zeitgeist where everybody is, you know, knows about it, talks about it, sort of water cooler talk that, you know, the taking the pictures, days. you know, oh, yeah, at exactly. the theater with cutouts. When was the last time you did that? You know, no, it's, it's super, super rare. And I mean, I know they had the Barbie dream house and the thing that I did, which was at uh, Circo, which was the Barbie dream hotel which is just genius marketing just all yep. around, uh, I think really helped. I mean, Oppenheimer didn't really do a lot of marketing in terms of, of that because you can't really do that. But um, they had a lot of ad buys for a lot of uh, television. They were doing a lot of spots. You couldn't miss it. And uh, yeah, I think it was just sort of a combination of both things. So let's get in the movie itself. So the movie is, is fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it when I went to go see it. I love hearing now that all of the... Greta Gerwig was on 60 Minutes talking about the film and sort of her process. Same thing with Margot Robbie, who did Actors on Actors, that they really wanted this to feel like a 1950s sort of set where all the sets were done in a uh, soundstage. And it sort of felt that way, that very sort of um, what's that look that uh, I always forget his name. Uh, Wes, not Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson uses in his uh, in his movies that sort of that pastel color but just all pink. And so, I think that kind of goes to the production design of yeah. this movie, um, which I would argue it's probably going to win. Uh, now I did just come off the heels of Wonka. And so now I'm, you know, I'm riding Wonka for now on the production design, but I think you mentioned before we hopped on that Barbie is probably going to pick up a lot of secondary awards based on what you just said. I think production design would be one that it could really win. And I wouldn't be surprised if it opened with minus odds, uh, if it gets nominated. Sure. So let's start at the top. So let's start with best pictures. So right Ooh, now, I, I would put it, I like to work top down, just, you know, get, get it out of the way. Uh, <laughs> so right now, Oppenheimer's still the favorite, minus 165. And Barbie is in the mix. There are 14 to 1. Do you think this is possibly going to be, we've already kind of talked about it, possibly going to be one of the top 10 movies uh, nominated once it comes around? Yes, I do. Uh, I have it ranked 10th right now, and there's a lot more movies to go uh, that will surely be ranked higher than Barbie. I would imagine things like American Fiction and Poor Things, Maestro. Uh, but just because I, these are just my rankings, the personal rankings, um, not what I think is going to get nominated. Uh, I will be stunned if Barbie does get nominated for Best Picture. Do I take 14 to 1, though, Brian? No, because I don't think it's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point just because I don't think it's going to be beating. I think the Academy's gotten past the make you feel good era of the Academy where, you know, for a couple of years we're coming out of COVID and we wanted to feel good. So we nominated and won CODA. And then also when I came after CODA, I always forget who won. After. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep, and even, which was even <clears throat> Nomadland for, you know, that was a real emotionally triggered movie um, in a year that a lot of independent films got nominated because of, you know, the pandemic. Right. Of course. So I think this is a year that a, a more a more you know serious quote unquote movie wins something like Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, something like that. I think is a better option in terms of what's going to win. So I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, but I think it'll be in the conversation for sure. And it's really hard to leave off uh, the highest grossing movie of the year in your yeah. top ten list. So it's also what you've mentioned earlier that 
this is actually kind of interesting because I think we can kind of tie this in. It has gotten a lot of nominations and a lot of the lead up awards. So the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice. And how do you think this either gains or stops momentum for like the, the uh, actor and actress races? So things like uh, supporting actor and best actress. Yeah, so 129 is the current tally uh, of nominations this movie has. That is insane. And you look through all of them, and it's, you know, a lot of the songs, which we'll get to, but Margot Robbie is littered everywhere. Greta Gerwig for director, littered everywhere. Ryan Gosling, littered everywhere. So what's going to happen is results are obviously going to be coming out for many of these award shows. But the two that you hit on were the Critics' uh, uh, Choice and the Golden Globes. Those are those are pretty big ones. Now, personally, I, I don't think either award show, let's just say Greta Gerwig wins, wins Best Director, I don't think suddenly she's going to become the favorite for Best Director at the Academies. You know, it's not copy-paste, whatever right. Golden Gloves do, the Academy does. That's not the case. So I do think that these results will shift odds. One thing I would say, betting this, this mark, these markets as these award shows are revealing results, don't get fooled with the odds. Go with your gut and go with what you think is the best option. The award show you are going to want to circle, and I know you... you say this all the time, Brian, is the SAGs. Yeah, That is the one that you want to circle. And that is the one where the results actually, to a degree, do matter for a lot of these heavyweight categories, best picture, best actor, best actress, and supporters as well. So yeah, as these award shows release results for best director, best actress, best supporting actor, um, don't be fooled by the results and the odds that move with them. Keep an eye on the SAGs. Though. That would be the one that you definitely want to watch. Yeah, definitely the guild. So you have basically the three main, the, the three really big ones. So you have the Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, and the uh, SAG Awards. The SAG Awards are really the only ones that are televised. So that's really the one that we all see. Uh, but it's very much the indicator of who's going to win a lot of the uh, actor awards. So, for example, like last year, Jamie Lee Curtis and Angela Bassett were really neck and neck for a long period of time. And a lot of people felt that Angela Bassett was going to win uh, Best Supporting Actress. But and she was actually the favorite going into the SAGs, but a lot of sort of the narrative was Jamie Lee Curtis could win this. And she also has the narrative of being from a Hollywood family, kind of being due. And then she surprisingly won the SAGs and her numbers didn't flip too much. They did flip favorites, but she was still plus money when it came to Oscar night. And the narrative still was Angela Bassett was going to win. Jamie Lee Curtis obviously takes home the golden statue and that was all due to, you know, her winning the SAGs. I think I did a spot. And I think in the last 10 years, I think 10 out of 10 years, whoever won for Best Supporting Actress at the SAGs ended up winning Best yep. best Actress. So that is yep. definitely correlated, these, these I, uh, awards. I remember you saying that last year. And then Jamie Lee Curtis won. And you and I both still think Stephanie Hughes should have won. 100%. Best supporting oh actress. She was, she was the best supporting actress last yeah. year, just based on she's you know she got robbed like FSU. We don't have to go there though. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But I do also want to call out the example with Jessica Chastain and Troy Kotzer a few years ago. Uh, Jessica Chastain, eyes of Tammy Faye, was yeah. plus five hundred entering the SAGs. Um, we took her. She won the SAG, flipped to minus two fifty. Brian Troy Kotzer was the underdog to the kid from Power of the Dog. I yeah, that's right. His name. That's He's right. got like three names in his name. I forget yeah, what so his name is. Yeah, I'm so glad he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was minus 250 entering the SAGs to win. Yep. And Troy Kotzer was plus 350. We took Kotzer. Kotzer wins the SAG. 
suddenly he's the favorite now at minus 250. So uh, the, as you just mentioned, for the, for the heavyweight categories, but specifically the performance categories, uh, the actors and actresses, that's the one you want to highlight. And that's the one that you want to get your value bets in prior to the award show starting. Because once that award show starts and ends, those books are flipping the odds no matter, you know, where they are. It could be, yep. again, Chastain plus 500 to minus 250 overnight. That's a huge shift. So that would definitely be one you want to circle on your calendar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and then also like the Producers Guild and the Directors Guild. Directors Guild's important for the obviously the director category. And then Producers Guild tends to show you who's going to win Best Picture. I think only two times in the last, you know, 10 years that there has been a difference between the Producers Guild winner and the Academy Awards winner. Uh, I forget one of them, but one, the other one that I always remember will be La La Land, where it actually lost to Moonlight, which I'm still salty about it, but that's just me. <laughs> but either way, uh, those are important you know, guild awards to keep an eye on. But again, by the time we get to those award shows, you kind of should have your bets in. So exactly. anyways, moving, moving on to the best actress category, because I don't believe there's going to be a best actor category, you know, best actor nominee coming out of uh, Barbie. Uh, so let's go to best actress. So let's talk about Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is a producer on Barbie. Uh, she actually has had actually had a lot to do with keeping the release date, keeping, you know, her her being in the film actually it wasn't really up to her. It was actually up to Greta Gerwig, who said you were always going to be Barbie, which I think was <laughs> the right choice. So yeah. anyway, so right now she sits at 14 to one. Um, remember that the best actress category only takes five nominees, not 10. So it's a much more narrow it's a much more narrow runway for a lot of these actresses with a lot of great female performances this year. So uh, she's currently at 14 to one. And just to give everybody sort of a reminder, Lily Gladstone is the current odds on favorite at plus 100 or even money for those of you that care about how to say now, even money. Now, some books actually have um, Emily, Emma Stone as the yes, favorite right now. Very close. Yes. So it's very close. And I find it fascinating because poor things hasn't been released widely yet. You're so right. it's it's very difficult for me to take such short odds on anyone whose film hasn't come out yet, because history will tell you that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we we sit here multiple times and bring up the example. 13 Lives was Best Picture favorite for months, and it didn't even get nominated by the time Oscars rolled around. So, you know, for me, I think Margot Robbie at 14 to 1 is excellent value. Considering all the nominations she's getting right now, we mentioned yeah. the film's got 129. She's everywhere. So... I think 14 to 1, I think she gets nominated. I think it's okay to take, but just for value, Brian, because I think Lily Gladstone was better than her, and you and I both have seen Killers of the Flower Moon. I think we both yeah. can say uh, safely that her odds are better to take than Margot Robbie right now. Yeah, and the thing is, Margot Robbie is a very established person with the Academy. She's been, uh, she hasn't been, uh, I, don't, I believe she hasn't been nominated yet. I think this would be her first nomination. And again, she... It's, it's a much deeper role. It's a much deeper character than we actually think when we think of the movie Barbie. And you always have to think about, does the Academy, this happens a lot with the Golden Globes, how much does the Academy want ba uh, Margot Robbie there? A lot, probably. Uh, they want her walking the red carpet. They want her there. So if we had to list the top five nominees right now, and we can differ on these, let's kind of go with the ones we are pretty sure that are going to be nominated. Lily Gladstone, okay. definitely in. Emma Stone, definitely in. All right, now we get. I think this is where it gets a little bit it gets tricky now to be a toss up here, which is kind of fun because yeah, having three three possibles is kind of fun. So who but would I you put in for your safest, last? Three? I think the third safest pick is Margot Robbie because of Barbie mm. and everything. They're also not going to nominate 
Ryan Gosling and not nominate Margot Robbie. That would be oh, that would literally be a slap in the face to the to the whole premise of the movie Barbie. Is if Ryan yeah. Gosling gets a nomination and Margot Robbie doesn't, that would be that would they would face such backlash That'd for that. Be interesting. That's so. So funny. I think she's safe at three uh, because again, a lot of these performances haven't come out yet. If I'm going hypothetical here, give me Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. I think yeah. she will end up getting in. But you know what? I, I haven't seen her perform. So I would go with Annette Benning and Greta wow. Lee and Tiana Taylor, who's getting 40 to 1 odds right now for 1,001. So it's tough for yeah. me to say if I would go Carrie Mulligan or Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall. Got to review some of these movies still. But if I'm going off what I've seen, Margot Robbie's safe. Then it's okay. Greta Lee, right. maybe. Tiana Taylor, maybe. Annette Benning, probably, but still, maybe. So I think Margot Robbie is a lock for nomination. Yeah, for I sure. think Margot yeah, I think Margot Robbie's in. But also I guess if Bar if Barbie gets nominated, she's a producer, so she's gonna go to the, you know, the Academy and the the awards anyways. But just, you know, using my big brain. But, but it's I, her. You know, they you know, if again, like it's, it's you, very you, different. It's she played Barbie. And so if you do, we think Ryan Gosling is getting a nomination, right? Yes. Just yes or no. Yes. Me too. So I, I, I think Margot Robbie is, is a lock right now. I think for that's a top five I think, spot. Yeah. And I think Carrie Mulligan, I think a lot of critics really enjoyed her performance in Maestro and then Fantasia yeah. Barrio, which again, the color purple and Maestro haven't come out yet. I feel like they want somebody of color in the top five. I guess Lee Gladstone is actually Native American because they always face this sort of issue and the color purple with all the hype that it's gotten i've heard it's actually kind of losing some steam in the i've heard that too it's just losing steam it's just so late i think they they, they have to stop trying to release these movies during christmas, christmas. yeah I yeah agree. i think it's, it's a little not too helping late. anybody but um, i think the one but, just let's, let's just talk about it really quick greta lee yeah past okay lives. you think she sneaks in uh maybe but i still think the deserve the deserving performer of all these names is annette benning for naiad mm -hmm. I think she might get in because that was a performance of a lifetime. The, the physical toll for a woman of her age and what she did in that performance was absolutely riveting. And this might be one of the last opportunities for Annette Benning too to get back there right. into a nomination spot. I love Greta Lee. Again, for me, past lives as a whole was a bit simple, like air. It was mm -hmm. just, it was great. It was just not over the top. And I think for me, Annette Benning's performance in Nyad was over the top and it was absolutely brilliant. So I would actually go with Annette Benning over Greta Lee personally. That's just sure. me. So right now, who are we putting money on to go to win best the best actress category? Oh, God. If I'm going off of what I've seen so far, I, I have to take Lily Gladstone at plus value. I haven't seen poor things yet. And right now it's between those two for me. I'm looking and for I, value. Give me Margot yeah. Robbie or give me Annette Benning or yeah, Tiana I, Taylor, 40 to one. That's right. I think, yeah, I think Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone are going to fight it out all through award season. Cause if it, it's this tight, I think it's going to stay this tight because Emma Stone's going to come out. If the movie's going to come out, people are going to love it. It was at plus plus one thirty last time I checked it, which was a couple days ago. So that means more screenings have gone out. Obviously I think it came out in like the East on the East coast and the West coast. Um, I haven't seen it yet either. So it's going to be tight. Uh, I would take also Lily Gladstone because everybody loves a, a first timer as an ingenue. Do you, um, do you take plus 125 
for Lily Gladstone uh, with, I believe, bet 365, and then go back to DraftKings and take Emma Stone plus 110, and then have two. You, you see what I'm saying? And then that way, yeah. you know, maybe you don't make three digits, but at least you make a digit off of right. one market. Is that is that a betting it. strategy you would recommend? Okay. Yeah, I would recommend if you can. Yeah, if you can get Lily Gladstone at plus one, you know, plus 110, plus you know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to get up to plus 120 anymore. Uh, she maybe is 125 one, with bet 365. So maybe yeah, you go I, there and then I would go I would go there at this point. I don't think she's going to reach $2 at this point. Uh we're, we've passed that. Uh but Emma Stone I think has a little bit more variance. So but I would I would I would go now. I would go now on Emma Stone because I think it's only going to get shorter. And can I just ask you do you, do you you saw 1001, right? Uh yes, I did. And what did you like, Tiana Taylor? Like, no, I thought she, she was fantastic. I really l- enjoyed her performance of how I mean, she won't win is. Best Actress. But a nomination no. is that okay with you, or or is that I'd too be okay far with out? That. I'm all right with that, just because again, she's also part of a film that sort of is talking to the bigger sort of societal issues that we run into that we run into every day, which I think the Academy loves, you know, nominating stuff like that or have or are voting for people like that just because. They like to say that they're trying to solve an issue by yeah. putting these movies out there. But yeah. I think that'd be okay. I just think her, the thing that's working against her is that movie came out a lot earlier in the year, which isn't, you know, a detriment. It's just with all these powerhouse performances at the end of the year, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So, all right. Best Actress, we, we'll wrap it up and we'll move on to Best Supporting Actor, which this is going to be the fun category, I think, of the <laughs> season. So right now, people are always, you know, wondering Ryan Gosling. For the longest time on DraftKings, he was for Best Actor. Those of us who kind of follow movies know that he probably wasn't going to be nominated in Best Actor just because nope. it is certainly a – he's a Steen Steeler, but definitely more of a supporting role. He's right now at 4-1. to one. Yeah. I think this is one of the highest places he's been uh, since the odds came out. So he's right now at plus 4-1. to one. Sorry, he's 4-1, to one, not plus 4-1. to one. <laughs> And Robert Downey Jr. is currently minus 165. So just, you know, do we think he's going to get nominated for one, which the answer was yes. <laughs> And do we think he has a chance to win? And do you like value at plus 400? Well, I know why you think this is going to be fun, Kat, because you are getting into it with Twitter trolls uh, over Charles Melton. Yeah. Uh, so I guess if we ever get to May, December, we can read off some angry tweets there. Um, and we invented the new, you know, American Fraction Odds. I like it, Brian. Plus four to one. Um, so <laughs> for me, I think the four to one odds on Gosling is fine in taking a value ticket on you. I think you want to have a ticket on him on Oscars night. Yeah. And I think four to one is as good as you're going to get. So I think when Oscars night rolls around, you look down and you say, what do I have? And you have Ryan Gosling for best supporting actor at four to one. I think you're okay with that. Mm -hmm. Downey Jr. is gone. Minus 165. We've, we've said many times, take him at minus 125. That's gone. He's minus 165. So you can't take Downey Jr. unless you want to pay. But I think Bobby De Niro here is the sleeper. And for me, I would have a ticket on all top three right now. So for me, I think it's yes, yeah. Gosling gets nominated. And, well, if you if you don't have a ticket on Downey, it's too late. So right. you might as well go with De Niro, and then you might as well go with Gosling. But I think all three are perfect takes right now. And outside of Glenn Howerton, that is a long shot. Those would be my recommended plays. So yeah, give me Gosling, uh, best supporting actor, four to one. Yeah, I would have no problem having a Ryan Gosling ticket. He lost for Best Actor for La La Land, which I believe was the same year that um, Dallas Buyers Club came out, I believe. I can't remember which year that he lost, but it was an amazing performance by the lead actor. 
uh man i can't remember what year so that's 2017 was the oscars the movie came out in 2016 i have to go back and check but look at look at the, 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 my brain working but yeah, i like that <laughs> I watching think, you do math <laughs> yeah i think he has it i think he has a shot for sure but i agree robert de niro and killers of the flower moon was really so transcendent it was just it reminded you that robert de niro is one of the best living actors that we have that he can yep, go off absolutely. and make you know bad grandpa whatever he wants and then come back and just just throw in heaters plus 350 I would take that yeah. all day. Just the way that Value. he just spun his web in that film, just the evilness that he was without actually yelling or doing anything in the, you know like that. It was amazing. But yeah, Robert Downey Jr. I think is a maybe isn't as bulletproof as you might think. I think that, you know, he's really good in it. I think he has a huge narrative. He's very very charismatic on the trail, but I think De Niro could take it, and I do think Ryan Gosling could sneak up because he's going to have a yeah. lot of heat behind him, and yep. everybody's going to want the Gosling train. Yeah, there. I think what Gosling has is like this wave of public push, like exactly. just pushing him like into the front. And I do think when it's all said and done, I think Downey Jr. is going to win. And what I think the Academy does a good job of doing is they kind of like they listen to the noise, but they don't always let it dictate their decisions. Mm -hmm. If they yeah. did, there wouldn't be a fiasco when Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor a few years ago. Exactly. Because that yeah. was that was terrible. That whole thing was awful. Yeah, so it was so funny that they switched up the 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 uh, the category order. Yeah. For so they that. can have the so they can have the moment. It's just like, oh, Anthony Hopkins. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. in. Yeah, they were like. There. Well, they we're not going to let him talk. We're not going to say anything. We're, we're out of here. <laughs> that, no, he wasn't that was like, that's like when a comedian bombs and he just runs off set and just into yeah. his car and take, and that's it. Yeah. So, um, I honestly think Downey Jr. is the respectable, is going to be the respectable winner here. Um, not only because his performance, I think was the best. Um, like Gosling there will be fun. I think De Niro there will be a, will be a challenge. Uh, but I think Downey Jr. is due as well. He's loved yeah. within the industry. He's, he's come close a lot, hasn't won. Um, he got nominated for Tropic Thunder, Best Supporting Actor, didn't win. Yeah, so hilarious. now he's back. Yeah, I know, right? But now he's back. And the documentary he made last year about his father, I thought was tremendous. Didn't get nominated. Everyone thought it was a snub. And yeah. his father was so huge in the industry as well. So I think, you know, I love what Gosling did. And I'm here for the four to one odds. And I hope he wins uh, based off of taking four to one odds. Of course, but I think Downey Jr. is the going to be the rightful winner for this for this market. So, you know, take Gosling, take De Niro if you want for value. But I think Downey Jr. is definitely winning, uh, winning this category. Definitely. The only other one that I might bet on value is Mark Glenn Ruffalo. Howardson. Oh, oh damn. Yeah, not, not Glenn Howerton, unfortunately. Uh, but Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, because there's going to be two people. Nom there's not going to be two people nominated, but they have two possible nominations for poor things. And that's Mark Ruffalo and William Defoe. And Mark Ruffalo is currently at six to one. Defoe is at 10 to one. But I'm hearing a lot more about Mark Ruffalo. And again, pretense, we haven't seen this movie yet. So we can't say who has, you know, the better performance. But it does feel like Mark Ruffalo is out there sort of, you know, on the pavement. He was on Hot Ones, which is always, yep, this person <laughs> definitely wants an award. But at six to one, he got jumped by Charles Melton because obviously May December is out right now on Netflix. So it's getting that little, you know, that, you know, he sort of slid back a little bit. 
I like him at six to one. Um, again, that's more of one of the more long shot picks for right. sure. But it's one of those sort of sneaky movies that's still out there that might just take over for the last three months. And yeah. for best picture, I don't think that helps. But definitely for the uh, the awards for the uh, for the individual awards, like best you know actor, best actress, might hold some hold some weight. So I would maybe look at that. At, at the moment at six to one maybe just a little sprinkle but that's super one that I long shots um real quick matt damon oppenheimer 40 to one uh i know we talked about oppenheimer already um glenn howerton i know brought up blackberry dominic sessa 20 to one holdovers um and then you're also looking at maybe some guys like jeremy allen white iron claw 101 so there are some value like names out there that could get that fifth nomination spot but not actually win again we're going to go to the brian tyree uh um analogy from last year where it's like oh it's so wonderful that this long shot is getting recognition by the academy you're not going to win but enjoy your night you know it's kind of one of those things so yeah those names i just rattled off uh would feel to fit that bill the best yeah it's like have fun on the trail so yeah we'll go over director (laughs) just really quick just to round out like sort of the big yeah big ones oh Um, hold on supporting actress america ferrer yeah or nay because she's getting nah. some nominations, and I say no. She okay. is. Let me, let me see might, what we got here. Might. I think it's 20 to 1. And, you know, America Ferrer, love you in Dumb Money. She was excellent in Dumb Money. I actually thought she was better, possibly, in Dumb Money than she was in Barbie. Uh, that's just a personal opinion. But I think she got, yeah, the, the, the Critics' Choice. She got a Critics' Choice nomination for Best Supporting right. Actress. Um, yeah, I think she I, needs to be in the conversation. I don't want her to be. Uh, not, not, I don't hate her or anything. I sure. just don't think it's as strong as some of the others. Yeah, I'm just surprised with all the the noise, not the noise, but the um the push for air to have nominations, which I think is kind yeah. of weird, which is where I would put Barbie's nominations in. Like instead of putting like Viola Davis, who was great, she was great in in, in air. Um it just feels like Barbie would take over that space for those popular movies. But they're really pushing it. So um Divine Joy Randolph is currently the favorite, minus 140, who <laughs> It just it's done it's not done can we brag can we, oh can we brag we already it. two two weeks ago our first episode we said take her at plus 160 uh yeah. she's minus 140 she was now, just absolutely so. fantastic it's there it's crazy go. but um yeah so i really like i really like i think she's gonna win but do oh, i think yeah. america Ferrera is gonna sneak in it's a nomination yeah. yeah, you have Emily Blunt sitting out there, Daniela Brooks for Color Purple, Tari- uh, I think Julianne Taraji Moore Benson. is going to get something, too, for May-December. Um, <sighs> I hope not. I think Gosh, if May-December gets anything, it, it might be her or Charles Melton. Yeah. No, I, I'd say Charles Melton over Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore was terrible. I hated that. Jodie Foster this... might get in. Rachel McAdams might get in. I think Vanessa jo- Kirby might get I in for Napoleon. I think Jodie Foster was awesome in Nyad. I liked oh, her more than, more than, I forget the and other. And then Benning. Oh, wow. I, I Hot take. I really liked, I what really, really liked Nyad Jodie Foster. She was just, do we have to be swimming so, when we do that? I know, that'd be really funny. Uh, <laughs> Annette Benning just making the weird faces in the water. I was like, is it really that hard to swim in water, I guess? 
I mean, she was swimming from <laughs> she was swimming from Cuba to, to Florida. So yes, as you said, you're more than welcome to find out. <laughs> no, I'm good. But, but I just do think Jodie Foster. Uh, I really like Jodie Foster more than Annette. I Benning do. I can see her getting a nomination. Sure. Absolutely. I think Rachel McAdams for me is kind of the dark horse here, and Vanessa Kirby dude, as well. They're out of nowhere, both getting forty to one odds. Like, dude, out of nowhere, Rachel McAdams is getting all of this. You know, this hype. She was snubbed, I believe, for. Um, either the Globes or Critics' Choice. I think people really wanted her in, and she didn't get in. But mm-hmm. uh, 40 to 1, maybe yeah, not. Kirby, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Napoleon's kind of a dis- divisive movie, so I don't know if Vanessa Kirby's going to get in. Although, she was great in it. Loved her. Uh, it is a tough category. It's gonna yeah. be, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting to see who gets nominated. But we it's all know gonna it's be gonna interesting be. to see who loses to Randolph in this category. Uh, essentially, that's, that's, that's all we're talking about. Which, exactly. unless they give us, you know, odds to make to get an Academy Awards nomination, uh, doesn't matter. So let's talk about Best Director just really quick, yeah. uh, because she has to be in the conversation. Greta Gerwig, she's nine to one right now. The overarching favorite is Christopher Nolan, Take minus it. 300 today. He's going up, you know, an extra, you know, extra couple of points every time we do one of these. Um, <laughs> any chance she gets nominated in this category and any oh, chance to win? 100% she gets, I think she gets nominated. Her name is littered all over these precursor show award nominations, the Golden yeah. Globes, the Critics' Choice, the St. Louis Critics' Choice, the Venex Critics' Choice, the Antarctica, and you just name it, she's getting nominated at it. And I think it's interesting. Her odds have gone from 10 to 1 to 7 to 1 to 9 to 1. So they're kind of fluctuating. Um, and I say take advantage of it. Get the 9 to 1 holiday discount on Greta Gerwig. Right. I think there's a chance she... Now, I know Nolan is minus 300 and he's probably going to win. But if if there is someone out there that could dethrone Nolan, uh, I think Scorsese's one, but I think the other would be Gerwig. And I think yeah. the reasons for Gerwig are very, very, you know, valid. Uh, you know, she's buddy-buddy with the Academy. Mm-hmm. The movie deals with feminism, um, and it deals with, a you know, an issue that you brought up a lot. You know, the Academy right. likes to reward these movies that deal with issues in, you know, modern time. So, from and, and I think the, the biggest thing is she broke the box office record. That's right. That's, a, that's, a, that's the one. So, I think the reason, I think on paper... You look at Greta Gerwig's resume and you say, why wouldn't I take nine to one odds on this? She absolutely has a chance. Look, Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker at WrestleMania <laughs> to end his streak. So it's possible. <laughs> oh, my God. Ner- nerd alert. Nerd alert. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't have the glasses no, I th- today. I th- <laughs> yeah, I think, I think what's going to be interesting is do they put Greta Gerwig in or Celia Strong, a song, which a lot of people really enjoyed Celia's songs. I think this is her first film, Past Lives. She's 10 to one. Um, and again, we, we may have not enjoyed it that much, but we understand how A24 works. They really push for their directors to get in. And this seems like the movie that they're really pushing. So it'll be interesting. But I think I think she should be nominated, uh, but I don't think she's going to beat my guy. My guy. Chuck Nolan. I'm going to call him Chuck Nolan from now on. So <laughs> uh, let's move down to the awards that we are more interested in for Barbie. Uh, let's talk about cinematography. That's sort of like the next big one that's down on the list. So... Um, some people were not uh, understanding why they got nominated for best uh, cinematography at, I believe, the Globes or the Critics' Choice. But I think the cinematography is quite good. And I think the contrast of Barbie world to the real world is really, really important to the film. And how do you think they stack up? Do you think they should be nominated and uh, any chance of winning in cinematography? Uh, so cinematography, I mean, it's going to be a loaded field. Um, I just got done with the Iron Claw. That was terrific. Um, as 
I kind of scrolled through these rankings. You have Killers of the Flower Moon. You have the Holdovers, Oppenheimer, the Killer, Godzilla, minus one, Asteroid City. It, it's a long list. I think Barbie could get nominated. I don't think it's going to win Best Cinematography, though. No. Um, I do think it could get a, a nomination, though, because, I mean, this is such a huge crop of contenders that literally you're just plucking names out left and right. Yeah. I think there's I a mean, few standout films like Oppenheimer and The Iron Claw. But for me, Barbie's not one of those standouts. But for me, it's good enough to get a nomination. And it, yeah, that's a really well, really well way of putting it. It's just it's it's worth putting in the conversation, uh, yes. just of you know how unique you know how unique it looks in Barbie world. Just Barbie world alone looks cool. Uh, but yeah, Oppenheimer with uh, Hoytema Van Hoytema. I always have to pause and say it. Um, I think I think he's going to be the winner just because it does look visually stunning and what they do is is amazing. Um, Kills of the Flower Moon, I think, is you know another good, really good choice. Um, but then it gets down, you know, interesting. Poor things, Maestro. Maestro is shot in black and white. We've had conversations about being things being shot in black and white. So I think so. I like the Iron Claw too. Exactly. Is, is Iron Claw in black and white? Not all of it. Um, oh, but parts. But yeah. there are exactly, and um, I think you brought up the 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 point of using black and white to also differentiate time periods, which I think Oppenheimer did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Barbie might sneak in and I think it, it deserves to be one of the nominees. But again, I don't think it's going to win. So um, Variety has Saltburn in there that sort of like the I different like one yeah. from what I'm talking I have them about. At 11. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like Saltburn. I heard somebody say this is going to be the uh, don't worry, darling of this year where it has a lot of, you know, a lot of buzz, a lot of, you know, a lot of push. But I but don't think it's going to gonna get nominated no yeah i'm with i'm actually with that i think you know if we get to saltburn we can talk more about it but i think saltburn for me was a very good film from emerald Fennell. who you know if you've seen promising young woman you can only imagine what saltburn's like um <laughs> but i don't think it's honestly i don't think it's as good as promising young woman i do think the standout was also the two main actors jacob e lordy and uh and uh barry keoghan so for sure. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a stretch that either of them get nominations. So we'll see. So let's go back to what you started. We started kind of the, the whole show with, and that is production design. So we were talking about production design. I think it gets nominated, especially because of the throwback 1950s style, which is very like golden era of cinema. And I think you get rewarded for doing that, for shooting on sound stages and shooting with practical effects, the way that it looks sort of like sound of music, not sound of music, excuse me, um, uh, singing in the rain, so, you know, that kind of era. And right now in variety, they do have poor things, Oppenheimer, Napoleon, kills of flower moon and Barbie. Um, those are out of order, obviously, but they do have Barbie nominated. Do you think it um, has a good chance in the production design? Well, I sure hope so. Cause I have it. Number one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, good. Uh, I have a number one. I have Oppenheimer killers of the flower moon, Godzilla minus one. And Napoleon are my top five. Um, I can go ahead and tell you right now, Wonka for me is going to get in. Um, I'll have to digest it a little bit more uh, yeah. in terms of where I want to rank it. Uh, but for me, Wonka might actually be uh, sitting at the top of this list when it's all said and done. So I think Barbie has a very good chance of uh, not only getting a nomination, I think it has a very good chance of winning this, this category. So to make you feel better. So in variety, I listed the top five. The one that's right next to it, next in is line to be nominated, is Wonka. It's I'm Maestro and Wonka are the production next design in line. for Wonka. I mean, if you can only imagine what they did with the the old one with Gene Wilder, and now mm -hmm. you've modernized it, and you have a, a wonderful musical, and 
ensemble cast that goes from uh, Timothy Chalamet to Olivia Coleman to um, Michael Keegan Key or Keegan. I, I, I know. Always mean. get them mixed up. Yeah, him and Jordan Peele. So you know, you have all these wonderful actors and actresses. You have modernized technology now. Think about the production design uh, with that world. Um, it's it's truly phenomenal. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Walker got in, but. That's awesome. Barbie for me is right now uh, number one, but that might change uh, after this show, and I digest Wonka a little bit further. It's all good. They have it currently second to Poor Things, which again, it's so hard to judge these when we haven't seen them yet. So we're doing our best. Uh, poor <laughs> Things just looks, you know, unique and different. I'm not a huge fan of that type of world, but I understand how you know the Academy <laughs> thinks. Um, I think Oppenheimer should win all the awards. The only thing I think that Oppenheimer. <laughs> really brings to the table in sort of production design is really the realness that the world feels like of like, you know, the 1940s. And also um, I did read that they actually had to build the entire town uh, of Los Alamos. So they actually took out like 15 days, 15 shooting days of the budget so they can actually build a real town. So that's always interesting little nuggets to learn with this long of a buildup. And then uh, there's uh, yeah. two other movies for production design that I think are worth shouting out. We've mentioned one of them already. That's Saltburn. Uh, the entire yeah. movie uh, setting is in the title of the film, and the production design of that is, you know, it needs to be flawless. And then also Asteroid City. We've we've talked about the production design of right. City multiple times, so we don't need yeah. to get into that. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I like where you're at with Barbie. Uh, it'll be interested once these get shortlisted and then get nominated. But I think this will be. I think this is going to be a very fun category this year, just yeah. because there's so many high quality films uh, being made. I think that's that's a really fun thing to check out. So let's jump over to the controversial topic for Barbie, and that is that? screenplay. So okay, screenplay. Where do we? Th so. Oh, you're going to say running? costume design? <laughs> yeah, I know. Very controversial. It's like you couldn't wear that pink in the summer. But for originals, so right now it's actually being, you know, categorized in the original screenplay category, which that's what it's running for, which I think it's important to note that you can run for something in a certain category, just like best actor or best supporting actress. But the Academy does have the ability to say, no, you are more, you know, of a supporting actor than a lead actor. They don't like to do that. But this is one of those interesting things. So let's talk original screenplay. That's where yeah. it's nominated in. A couple of the other contenders in that category are The Holdovers, May, December, Past Lives, yeah. Anatomy of the Fall. Uh, what else do we have? So that's the top five. Along well, I, have May, I have May, December ranked 12th. I don't know how that would be. <laughs> it's dude, it's <laughs> so weird. I don't understand like why May, December is not good. Um, but a couple of the other <laughs> ones would be like Maestro, Air. Uh, the Boy and the Heron is also in some, the yeah. shortlist. Saltburn, The Boy and the Heron, mm -hmm. uh, Napoleon, The Iron Claw, um, Rustin. Just yeah. name a few. I see that too, so. yeah. So it's an interesting category this year, but man, I think the only one that... there's three. I think there's three realistic winners here. One okay. of them is Barbie. Yes. The other one is holdovers because I really enjoyed holdovers yes. the way that you know they captured you know the Northeast in sort of the 60s boarding school era. And then past lives. Past lives, I think. I'm with you on that. I so much of the movie is actually like in Korean, which is kind of funny. But I think that the way that they build the relationship that is sort of long distance, if you will, uh, is very real. It feels very much like something would happen. Like that's something would happen if you had an online relationship with you know a real person. But <laughs> I thought I think it's interesting. I think those three are are going to be unique. I I enjoy Barbie. I want Barbie to win something, and. I think it might have a shot. 
But I think those I, are the three realistic winners. I think the best original screenplay this year is a thousand and one, uh, personally. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to get nominated. It certainly won't win. Uh, but I'm here to say that it was the best original screenplay on the year. So yeah. yeah. I also want to say that I was stunned because I was getting, I was reading a lot about this movie on Netflix called Fair Play and mm-hmm. I watched it. And now I know why it's getting best original screenplay forecasting, not that it's going to get nominated, but I have it at 16 right under air. So I just, um, I, I just think between Fair Play and 1001, there's some good original screenplays out there that are not heavy hitter names. And they're yeah. probably not going to get nominated, but I think it just goes to tell you, we've sat here multiple times and we've said the adapted screenplay category is a monster category. I'm starting to see the original screenplay now as having a ton of depth in it too. So I yeah. don't know if Barbie's going to win. I think it is with, I'm right there with you. What, all three of those movies you named, like a, a lock, I think those are locks for sure. Past Lives, yeah. Barbie, and uh, what was the other one you named? Uh, holdovers. holdovers, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, think, think, I would argue Boy and Heron might get in as well. Um, oh, as sure. Original screenplay. Yeah, yeah, in that one, I only see three like rock solid. They're going to get nominated. There's two extra spots. So I think Boy and the Heron could definitely get in. It also can get uh, Heo Mazazaki. I think I said his name right. You know May, December is going to get one of those five. It better not. We, even though we don't want it to. Got it better Let's not. just assume it does. Oh, then you have four. And then, yeah, Boy Heron. 1,001, that leaves one spot open for a potential, Ooh, you, you know, have, you have Maestro, one that people aren't expecting. Oh, Maestro's getting in. God, 1,001's not getting in. What are we doing, yeah, Brian? Tough, <laughs> you have Air, and then Air has been, like, sponsoring everything on Variety right now. So that's I'll important. be interested to see what the odds are, because I think if Barbie comes out at plus value, just take it. Don't even think about it. Just take yeah, it. just take if, it for safety. If it comes out at minus, minus 110... I don't know if I would take that. Yeah, I'd go the other way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to make you feel good, uh, so you had Fair Play ranked 16th on your list. Yes, 16th. Uh, Variety has it ranked 14th on their list. So nice. look how close you are. It's nice. almost like when you're building a model for sports, you, you don't want it to be exactly on it, but you We're want close. it to be somewhere kind of close. Do, to know do they have 1,001 anywhere on their effing list? Oh, man, I just, clicked, anywhere. I, just, I just clicked off of it. Let's see. So let's go back. Go back. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's this is important bustering. because 1001 is one of the top five movies for me this year. Let's see. So also I'm really irritated. Yes, it is there. It is uh, ranked 26th Let's on their go. list. But uh, that is yeah. better than we'll the, take it. <laughs> that's better than the all eligible titles, which is sort of like Look, just saying just you showed up one, for work that day. That's one vote away, Brian, for making the AP top 25. So they're getting there. They're inching, they're <laughs> get, they're inching they're their right way. They're sort of like a mid-major. So, yeah. <laughs> man, just adapted screenplay is just going to look so, – ooh, right? Just a quick tangent. Uh, Poor yeah. Things right now is projected to be the winner in adapted screenplay. Uh, if it Poppy. comes out that if it comes out that Poor Things is the favorite, I am putting not all my money on it, but putting a lot of money on Oppenheimer. Oh, really I thought you were going to say Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, let's, let's relax. Okay, moving on before we get over there. So let's talk hair and costumes. So yeah. we this is a, a category we think is going to do well in. Uh, let me actually just get yeah, to the possible well. nominees. I so, cost- so we'll start with costume yeah. design. So in costume design, Barbie is sort of the front-running. It looks like it's going to be the front-running favorite, which yeah. it's important for people to note a lot of these sort of lower categories below the line do not have you know odds yet which we should be coming soon once we get nominations which i believe is in january yes. uh, but it's important to know kind of where they sit so barbie right now is projected to probably be the winner in this category but we also have the color purple 
uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and then Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is still hanging around in costume design. Wow, I have that at 11 right now. Ooh, interesting. So it's always yeah. fun to see sort of your differences. But I think this is one. <laughs> I think this is one that it's sort of like a telegraph thing. Like, how could Barbie, with all of her costumes in you know the real world occupations and yeah all of her yeah, yeah all like of President her work barbie is, dentist barbie yeah just all know. of her great works that she does it's just amazing um how can it not be nominated and win yeah so i think it's probably gonna come out minus money what do you think probably i i i don't know if i'll take it though because i do i do think costumes are i think it's close like you and i think barbie should win and is number one and probably thinks it's number one that doesn't mean it's gonna win um, exactly. I think you have to look good and hard at um, Napoleon, which I have at three. Yeah, period. Killers piece. of the Flower Moon, which I have at two. Another period. And piece. Iron Claw, which I have at four. Guardians of the Galaxy could be a sneaker as well. I have that's kind of like my top five right now. I think Oppenheimer's right there. Your movie, uh, Chevalier, I, I, Little mm-hmm. Mermaid. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. This, you know, I think the top ten to fifteen are very neck and neck. But for me, I think Barbie is the standout. So minus value, I wouldn't be surprised for sure. Also, Wonka is uh, next in I was line say, at rank number eight. I should have done my Wonka rankings, then hopped on and recorded. But oh, I do been, like Wonka's costume design. Again, just go watch the trailer and you can see all the it costumes. It just looks cool. I like that. There. I just like the whole aesthetic of what Wonka's doing. And the way Timothy Chalamet wears it is just so perfect with the top hat. I, I like it. And keep in mind the director's from Paddington. And I think what this director has done very well with Paddington and this film in particular is he's really made it jump off the page and onto the screen. And I think that's through the production and the costume designs. 100%. Also, uh, Poor Things, again, might sneak in for costume design because there's lots of costumes in that film. And it's sort of like an... It's a different world, 100%. It sort of just feels like an adaptation of a book. Uh, so that, you know, that might have some credence, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, let's talk about editing. Let's okay. Talk, we kind of jumped, jumped away from hair because it was next on the... Oh, actually, let's go to hair. It makes okay. more sense to do that with <laughs> costumes. So... How do we feel we're going to do in makeup and hairstyling? Right now, they, it looks like they are nominated, but the leader at the moment, at least what Variety is saying, is uh, Maestro. So what do we oh, think? Wow. So okay. Actually, I'll list yeah. this on. So we have Barbie, Ferrari, Maestro, Poor Things, and the fifth one, can you guess what it is? It's a movie that you've mentioned. Yeah, right? I know. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Exactly. Three. Yeah. It. it should get nominated for hairstyle. Uh, quite frankly, Guardians of the Galaxy, the entire saga is long overdue for a hairstyle makeup nomination. I mean, yeah. from the first movie, I think it transcended a lot in terms of using these space characters in the way that James Gunn did. With that said, Barbie, for me, I have it number three. So I do agree it's going to get nominated. I don't think it's going to win, though. I, I think Oppenheimer honestly, for me, was the best hairstyle makeup. But I also have Guardians uh, at number two. And then I have Barbie at three. So nomination, yes, win. It's going to be tough. I think if it wins, it will be more the hairstyle than the makeup. I agree. Yeah, I think so too. Just because, again, I think prosthetics is always a big part of this as well. If you have a movie that has lots of prosthetics uh, included in the hairstyle and makeup, uh, is important. And Maestro you know, has a, has a lot of time jumps. So not just for Bradley Cooper's character, uh, Bernstein, but also the uh, supporting character as well. So, um, And to that, you know what movie did really well with time jumps in that regard was The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And it slaughtered best Ooh, makeup right. and hairstyle. Right. And I believe Jessica Chastain said they had like over 500 different wigs and makeups yeah. for her you know, transition from young Tammy Faye to older Tammy Faye. 
and it's it, it dominated. I mean, I think it was minus four hundred by the time Oscars night rolled around. So, so this is kind of a, so this is a funny one that I heard from one of our uh, handicappers at Veasan. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of Oscar handicapping, but who does? He said, <laughs> it's um, just you and me. Yeah, it's just you and me. But uh, he this was the year that uh, Jessica Chastain won, and he was uh, he said that if somebody wins best makeup and hairstyling they will go on to win typically best actress or best oh, wow. actor, whichever one. So, which is kind of fun. the last two years though, right? Brandon Frazier of, and the whale. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's, oh, dude. I didn't even think about that one. So he's right out of the t- last two years. Yeah. So Barbie's nominated. Poor things is nominated. So if Emma Stone <laughs> and Margot Robbie are both are nominated, this could be kind of like a correlation that if you think Emma Stone's going to win, you should bet poor things. If you think Margot Robbie's going to win, you should bet. I don't um, hate that. You should bet uh, Barbie. Only thing that's thrown out there is though, uh, kills the flower moon is on the, you know, kind of on the brink of making hair, hair and hair, hair and makeup. Where I have it ranked. Let me see. I have killers ranked 10. Yeah. Yeah. Which is in that sort of Oof. section that they said. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Um, I've heard from a lot of people who've watched killers of flower moon. Uh, just a quick, 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 quick tangent that uh, Lily Gladstone basically disappears from the movie and, you know, isn't doing anything. She's laying in a bed, which I, I disagree. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of stuff happening as she's laying in a bed. I texted you, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I texted Brian uh, that great movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, even if Lily Gladstone's laying in a bed for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I was just kidding. You know, I was being, I was fun. being funny. It's, just, yeah. it, it's funny. I, but I mean, hey, it's like, great, it's yeah. kind of a point. It's a good point you got. <laughs> So now let's do let me editing. let me real Sorry, quick ahead. say go for ha- uh, the hairstyle real quick again I'm going to continue to to beat my chest with this movie and this specific category they clone Tyrone I, I, I it's got a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes it's on Netflix Jamie Fox no one's talking about it and I just think the hairstyle in that is phenomenal so I just want to throw that out there just get it on the no, record again do it on the record that's important. It's important when we go back and do these. We can just edit the way that we we, we said it. We said it. So editing film editing. This is editing is an important one. Um, I do think this is going to go one direction, but that's just me. Uh, but Barbie is nominated here, so Barbie, well, pro- projected to be nominated. Projected, so Barbie, right. The Holdovers, Maestro, Poor Things, and nice. Good Old Oppenheimer. Um, I'm glad The Holdovers is in there. I like that. I have them yeah, at six nice. right now. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Great movie. So. Yeah, what do we think Barbie's chances are in editing? Tough. Uh, I got it at nine. I think it could get in. I don't think it wins. Uh, I think you're no. looking at a lot. I think you're looking at Kills at the Flower Moon. I think you're looking at Saltburn, The Holdovers, uh, The Killer, Spider-Man, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, May, December. I know you and I really didn't like that, but I did think the film editing was very crisp in that. So I, I think it's it's not going to win, Barbie, and I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get nominated or if it does get nominated. It wouldn't surprise me either way, but I don't think it's going to win. Yeah, and currently, um, Killers of the Flower Moon is sitting in sixth, just outside of the um, nominations. But uh, I think it kicks somebody out. It's going to kick out. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. It's going to kick out holdovers. It might kick out Barbie, to be honest. Like that it feels could. like one that might be kicked out because uh, the person who actually edited Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, one second. <sighs> Make sure we didn't sneeze. Um, <laughs> She's uh, Thelma Shoemaker, Shunamaker, and she's been working with Martin Scorsese ever since Goodfellas and maybe even before then. So she's quite established. And to make right. a three hour, you know, three and a half hour film, just, you know, know, beautifully the way it looks. And, yeah. And, and the way it jumped from, you know, yeah. time to time. And, you know, no spoiler alerts here, but something that happens 
at the very beginning of the movie that has already been answered and explained. They then show what happened at the end of the movie. And I always say this with movies that jump from time to time. The film editing is so important because it's so easy to lose track of where you are in the story. So I'm with you on that. I think Killers knocks someone out. I have Killers at number three right now. So I'm with you. So yeah, so typically with film editing, I think it's important to note that when figuring out who best picture is, they are correlated typically. So whoever wins best film editing typically will go on to win best picture. That's usually a correlated category. So this is an important category in terms of the bigger picture, uh, which again, this is, if we were live betting, it would be much, much, can you imagine if you could live bet the Oscars? That'd be crazy. But uh, that would be something to oh, correlate. That'd be wonderful. I know, right? That'd be great. <laughs> be great. But I do think Oppenheimer is going to win in best editing just, you know, because of how it looks. It just looks, you know, the way that they skip through time is, you know, very easy and, and seamless for me. Because I think, like you said, the jump engine, the, when they jump times, uh, it can be, you know, jarring. But if you can do it well, I think it really shortlists your movie for for success. So yep. that's why I, why I do think Oppenheimer may win just because of the seamless transitions from time jumps. So let's go ahead and talk about our favorite category, best song. So there we uh, go. best song, which a lot of, you know, people who, you know, pontificate and try to talk about um, best song. Oh, actually, we wanted to talk about something else. I totally forgot it. I'm a very bad co-host. Uh, which do we want to talk about, Tom? <laughs> we can get to it later. Uh, we can do visual effects later if you want. No, let's do visual I know effects you, now. Uh, I know you got a lot to say about uh, Oppenheimer getting left off the yeah. top 20 list let's do visual let's effects. Do, let's do visual effects now. Let's just do it now. Okay. I, I want to finish up with our strong category. So, Do you want to know where I have Barbie ranked in visual effects? 13. And that includes one, two, three movies I had ahead of it that did not get shortlisted for visual effects, one of which is Oppenheimer. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I don't think Marty wins visual effects. It might, but I don't think it should. So So. again, so Tom, just your ranking skills. (laughs) I just want you to know your ranking skills are top notch. You want to know why? Thank you. Because I had Oppenheimer number one. Because you had Barbie number 13. Variety has them ranked 13th. Wow. Lucky number 13, right? Yeah, you're you're on it. You're by a lottery ticket. That's great. You know what I have number two? (laughs) Oh, yeah. What's number two? Godzilla minus one absolutely fantastic that yeah, movie's great that I, i've heard that movie's fantastic so and it it's, deserves it's every bit of 97 percent of rotten tomatoes that it's getting it is that good solid so yeah. let's let's talk about it so um it came out the other day it came out maybe a week from this recording and that was the short list for visual effects and yep. a lot of people and this is the thing with oppenheimer and christopher nolan films is that they're made with practical effects which I believe are, uh, you know, effects that are visual because you see it on a screen. But I guess this is kind of the thing is that this has become sort of like the CGI award to get a lot of the Marvel movies in, a lot of the DC movies in, movies that have a lot of, you know, computer-generated effects. And it was left off the list because a lot of the effects are practical. So currently, the predicted nominees are The Creator, very interesting. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is yeah, very interesting because it's nominated. and yeah. then, uh, Sorry, because it's animated, not nominated, animated. And then Rebel Moon Part 1, which is hasn't <laughs> been released yet. It's, on, it's a Netflix yeah. film. 
So I'll get to that eventually. <laughs> that'll be interesting. But I think the one that the Rebel Moon knocked off was uh, Indiana Jones: Dial of Destiny. Um, oh wow! If I could, okay. if I'm just kind of guessing what was probably knocked off. So well, see, where do we sit you know, on this? I agree with some of those. I think Mission Impossible is a top five one for me at least. I think the Marvels is a top five one for me at least. And I think the Academy got some practical movies in there. I think Killers of the Flower Moon and Past Lives. I don't know how Past Lives got on there. Um, I have them at number 17, actually. So I I think, honestly, and I got a text message from one of my buddies that said um, that I'm not stunned Oppenheimer didn't make the top 20 because there is only 20 minutes of visual effects in the three-hour movie. And I don't agree with that. I think no. there, was, there was a lot of visual effects throughout the movie. I think yeah. for a lot of people, though, that that view this is what you just said, is computer generation. And that's not always the case, though. Um, Top Gun Maverick last year won, and that was more practical effects than it was anything. Just like I think Mission Impossible is, ironically, they're both Tom Cruise action movies. Right. Um, so I think like there's some merit to what you're saying. But at the same time, I look at this list, and they do have some practicals. But I think I'm with you in the regard that this year feels more CG heavy than the past two or three years have been. Like They've been leaning more practical. And then this top 20 list came out and 15 of the 20 are computer generated visual effects. So I kind of see what you're saying. I think it depends on the nominations. You got things like Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon and Past Lives that are a little bit more practical. I'm not sure Barbie gets in uh, because of that and what you're saying, because a lot of the things that they have here are computer generated. And I personally think Godzilla minus one is. um, Yeah. And they actually have it. They do have it on there. They have it in their top 20 list, which is, you know important um which is kind of funny that i don't know how we went on to talking about barbie and visual effects um because you know i just wanted to talk about oppenheimer uh, i, I but, do think the yeah. scene with the like the ken off with like the stars oh, and stuff right. like yeah. that's, that's that's kind great. of visual and then mm-hmm. also you know them traveling from barbie land yeah. to the real world maybe it's, you know that's that's more practical visual effects that you know not computer generated by any means but there are some in, in barbie where they do do that so. it's adding the, up the, the car flip you know, oh yeah, like of that. course. It's adding up the crafts, and I again, I watched the sixty minutes with Greta Gerwig, and she showed how they did that shot of you know the the practical way that they did it in the car, in the boat, you know, over the water it was very very right. interesting, very old school like classic Hollywood. So, let's jump on to the one that we think Barbie will contend in the best, and that is uh, best song. Well, yes, we missed a score. Do you think they're going to make this? Do you think they're going to have best original score? I think they, they might. I mean, Mark Ronson did the score. It's been nominated at some other award shows already. So I think I think Barbie has a good chance of uh, getting into the best score category. Yeah, I, I think did. that's going to be um, an interesting yeah. category, which I think I know who's going to win, but we'll see. If that's it's a heavy category. There's a lot. There's about 50 movies that could get nominated. It's, yeah, it's I, a really high-quality category this definitely. year. So let's go to best song. We've, we've put it off long enough. This is what the people came for. So <laughs> best song. It looks like Barbie's going to have at least two nominations, maybe three, but definitely two nominations. Yeah. And the one that I think is, you know, the, what I think is going to be the number one choice is What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish and Phineas, which I believe is her brother. And then the other one would be I'm Just Ken, which is by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. Then we also have Flame and Hot. And then we also have Rustin from Rustin. Uh, Lenny Kravitz is the one who performs that. And then she came to me, which is addicted to romance by Bruce Springsteen, which interesting, a lot of heavy hitters. 
Uh, yeah, but I've it's also, a heavy category. Yeah. yeah, I've also heard that this is another category where they just want to get more famous people. That's why we have <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, Bruce Springsteen, um, Diane Warren. And then we also have, of course, in sync. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but that we also Dua have Lipa, uh, Jack Black, Dolly Parton. Could you imagine Bobby if Watt. they had, you know, peaches? This is not going to be an easy category. I, I, I like you, there are heavy hitter names everywhere. Hal Bear, Halle Bailey, Hale Bailey. I'm trying to say Halle Berry. Yeah. Hale Bailey. Um, I, I just think this is a very deep list of top performing musicians. And you know, to put it in perspective, Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift didn't get nominated last year, and they both had great songs. Uh, Billie Eilish for Turning Red and Taylor Swift for uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. I look at this list, and I think I, I think you know I think I'm with you. I think the two that get in are going to be I'm Just Ken and What Was I Made For. I have What Was I Made For at number three, and I'm Just Ken at number five. So for me, they're in the top five right now. Um, and then I have Dance the Night at eleven, and I would not be surprised if Dance the Night gets a nomination. It's that good, and it's that catchy of a song. A very catchy song, one song of the year last year. So yeah. these catchy, upbeat songs can do well. I think two. I'm with you. The potential for three, I wouldn't argue. I think for sure yeah. it could get three. Just for me, though, Jean-Baptiste, I, I think he is going to be tough to beat because he's won, he's got nominated for 11 Grammys. The documentary deals with him and his wife as, she, as he gets nominated for these Grammys. She's dealing with chemo and cancer. I think the musicians of the world and the musicians voting for this award are really going to be siding with Jean-Baptiste here. And I think he wins best song. Uh, even though I like, I think Eilish gets nominated and I think she might open as the favorite. I just think yeah. Jean-Baptiste is going to win this award. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a, that's a hot take. We'll have to revisit that one though. Like when it actually comes just out for go, the nominations. Uh, go watch American Symphony whenever you have a chance. I know you don't do documentaries, but it's really good and it's on Netflix. Um, and it's, you know, it's not long. So I try to knock out documentaries. I watch the crown all the time. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I think when we opened this up, when we did this a long time ago, um, I thought, what was I made for when I first heard it? I was like, yep, that's you the Academy. It. I was like, that's yeah. the Academy Award song. But you also said, I'm just Ken, which I was kind of on the fence about whether they would, it would be good enough to have two Barbie nominations. And it is, it is really good just because once all these get hashed out and we start seeing all these other films come out, it really was, you know, it's an important part of the film. It's actually in the, in the climax of the movie. And yeah. it's performed by one of the leads. It's performed by Ryan Gosling. So I think this is an extremely fun category to bet in. Um, what was I made <laughs> for? I would say definitely worth being the favorite. I like that you're going for a long shot as well with Jean-Baptiste. And I like your angle that the musicians are the ones who vote for this award. And they might side you know, side I on that him. side. Yep. And if I had to go with a long shot, I would, pro I would probably only go just as long as I'm just Ken. Because I don't think... Flaming Hot's going to win. Rustin. Um, no, she came I'm not to me. sure either. I, I don't think Road to Freedom, which is the Lenny Kravitz song, and I don't think um, Fire Inside are going to get nominated personally. I think they're good songs. Yeah. I just think there's so much better songs out there. I think uh, Am I Dreaming is going to be a contender for the first time by Hal Bailey. If she's going to be there for the color purple, I'm sure she might perform as well. And going to Peaches real quick because it's such a short song. This feels like a, a, a Bruno song oh, yeah, moment yeah. where like it doesn't get nominated, but they perform it at the Academy. And like you could see Jack Black dressed up as Bowser playing on the piano for a minute and a half. It's not right. going to get nominated, but 
they might perform peaches. And he would love um, to do that, I think. Oh, he would, yeah, do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, it's going to be a tough one, I think, um, to get into. But I think Barbie gets two in there, and I don't think, realistically, I'm just Ken wins. I, I'm just Ken. I've said this a lot, Brian. It feels like good afternoon for me. It sure. was fun. It looked great. Uh, probably better on stage than the actual song itself. But uh, not enough to win, I don't think, for me. No, yeah, I think I think you're good with that. I just, I, yeah, if I had to pick between those two movies, what was I made for was is what I would say because that's the one I chose. But the odds are going to open up where it's the favorite and doesn't have any value. So I'm just looking at just sort of by association. But I really like Dance the Night Away. I think that's the best actual song from the movie. That's a great I, song. I've yeah. actually, so I've actually just like listened to that car, just on a normal day. Um, Who doesn't? I also yeah. love Dua Lipa. <laughs> Um, so hopefully she gets nominated so she can go and she can perform it. She looks great. Um, I would love to see her at the Academy Awards. But anyways, I think we made our way through the entire Barbie list. Um, we we ended up doing Oppenheimer and Barbie, obviously separately, but, you know, very close together uh, because they're so important to this, you know, award season. And they're both splashy titles. One of them is, you know, an actual like critical darling and you made a lot of money. And the other one's Barbie, which, you know, mixed for some people, but. Definitely a cultural yeah. phenomenon. I, I, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews from people. Yeah. I've, I've like heard once, it's the greatest once, movie. I've heard <laughs> how is it being nominated. Yeah, once so. the dust settled, everyone was like, it wasn't actually a good movie. Um, so I think it's interesting. <laughs> so I think this will be our two longest uh, podcasts. So if you guys listen to us on YouTube or listen to us on our podcast, uh, thank you. We know these are very long sometimes, but it's all with, you know, we want to make sure we break all these down enough so you guys can get the best information possible. So this is Tom, us nerding out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom, any uh, parting words before we take off? Uh, not really. I guess uh, since this is a betting show, um, go ahead. I think Gerwig nine to one is fine. Gosling four to one is fine. Robbie 14 one is definitely fine for the value you're getting there. Um, of those though, I think Gosling has the best chance to win, but I don't see, I don't see them. I don't see I don't see him winning yeah. the heavyweight awards. So. Yeah, I think Gosling has the best best shot in terms of the big awards. It's tough. Um, it's tough because because if the, you give Gosling the award, not Margo, I just I think there's a lot there. So yeah, that would be we'll a tough. See. That would I definitely be tough. Win. Uh, but yeah, definitely loaded categories for best actress, which is where Margot Robbie would be contending. Same thing with best director and best picture, obviously. So. Um, for, you know, for Tom, thank you so much for listening and being with us, Tom. And then also this was the box office bets show, uh, where we bet on the Oscars. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on all of our podcasts. If you're listening to us on YouTube and if you are listening to us on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe so you can get a notification when you get the next review. So again, I'm Brian Ortega. That's Tom Cunningham. Have a great day. Cheers.